This is Soul to Soul, the show with Nessie. Sup Soul fam, it's Nessie here and welcome back to another episode of Soul to Soul, the show where I talk about life in Korea from the perspective of a black British woman. I'm back, 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 back again. I hope all of you are doing amazingly um, and are taking care of yourselves. If you just had your vaccine, I hope that you are taking it easy and had no adverse effects. If you haven't had your vaccine yet, I hope that you get your appointment soon and then slowly things just get back to some semblance of normalcy. Now, today's topic, um, this topic I've broached, broached, reached, attempted, talked about, I guess. Uh, I've talked about before in the past, but the angle that I kind of want to go about it today is going to be kind of a controversial one. And I'm hoping no one, no one of any real power kind of hears this episode because I do have to say some choice things about the subject matter in question but I have reasons for it and I'll explain why. So I wanna go back into the realm of education. As you guys know, I'm an English teacher here in Korea. The academy that I work at, I have been working at for almost four years, like uh, about three and a half years now, or just over three and a half years, so almost four years at the same academy. Great place. Uh, great team, great t- teachers, uh, wonderful, wonderful students, students who are, I adore and love and mean a lot to me. Some of the ex-students I still talk to, they sent me messages. Some of them asked me about homework. They're all in high school now. My elementary kids, I've watched them grow from like little kids to slightly bigger <laughs> little kids. Um but I care for them and they care for me and all of this thing. That's not the issue I have. The issue that I have is with the organization of education here in Korea, in particular reference to how English is taught and the expectations of English language as a subject here in Korea. Now, I know it's kind of not really redundant, but dumb, I guess, of me to complain about a market that I earn money from, because without this system that's currently in place, I would not have a job. But at the same time, I can still pick apart and know the the minute issues that all add up to make a grand problem within the system of teaching English in Korea. Now, when I learned a language in school, I learned French. And all of my teachers that taught me French, bar one person, were actually French or at least continental. I had two um, two teachers who were French and two teachers who actually lived in France for a long time and one, pers- one teacher who was German, but she, like... It was educated in France. So they all have experience of the language or are native speakers of the language. And this was in public school, like the UK version of public school. For 
Korea, the majority of the teachers who teach English in public schools and not including like the native teachers who are inside some of these schools, the majority of teachers who teach English are not English teachers or have no experience of English apart from what they have studied in Korea. Like they have no real world use of the language of speaking the language. They are educating for the sake of passing tests. And the way that teaching goes around here is like you qualify to become a teacher, but then you go around teaching different subjects and you can be teaching science one year and then you see teaching math the next year. So none of these teachers are actually specializing in the subject matters that they're dealing with in that particular year. Maybe they teach English um, for quite some time or, and sometimes you get some teachers who are like Gyopos or, have studied overseas, so they have some uh, strong knowledge of the language. But then also, they are forced to teach in the confines of what the Korean education system has been built upon. And their system is built on testing. It's all about testing. It's all about writing tests, uh, 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 doing exams, and it's all multiple choice. Like, there's no, there's no, uh, like, essays or you get a question, you have to do like comprehension questions and stuff that, that doesn't exist. It's all A, B, C, D, E. Choose, 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 choose. And you're taught set formulate answers to be able to answer these questions. And that's the reason why, like, you get so many students and so many kids who test fantastically in, in English. And I experienced this when I was working at my first job. Um, where I was doing like phone interviews with students to check their level of comprehension and speaking in English because they wanted to work overseas or work in Europe and doing like work experience and stuff like that. And my boss would be like, oh yeah, this person got blah, 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 rhetoric. Oh, the score is amazing. They're going to be fluent. I speak to them on the phone. They can't even get past hello and I'm fine, thank you, and you. That's literally their limit of how much Korean that they can, look, much Korean, how much English they can actually speak. Like, that's not good. When you learn a language, you're supposed to be learning a language to be able to utilize the language, not to, you know, test for the language, because great, wonderful. I can test for Korean, like my, my testing ability for Korean, well, actually, no, let's not use Korean as an example, because Korean is a terrible example. I could study Spanish, study the rules in Spanish, and probably sp- pass the Spanish test really easily. But when it comes to speaking, if I have no experience of speaking the language, great. Uh, no hablo español. Like, I'm going to be struggling with the language if I'm only studying it for testing purposes and not for actually utilization purposes. And this kind of rang true on Monday afternoon. My boss, a wonderful guy, he sent me a message saying, could you check this uh, passage? Uh, Let's see if I could find it. Uh, There were a few bits and pieces that made me go, "Mm, mm, I don't like it. I'll read the last sentence. Uh, The air pollution issue being getting worse. They come. They can make our lives more pleasant. Look at the sentence. I'm like, no, 
that's not the way it goes. But he asked me to look at it to to correct the grammar. I was like, okay, whatever. Let me correct this. So I sent him a whole document. Uh, and then I corrected the last sentence, like being that the, the air pollution issue is getting worse, they can make our lives more pleasant. Something like that. Um, actually, no, no. I said this afterwards. I had a conversation with him about that sentence. And I said, I'll change it completely. I can't open the document that I sent because it was like hand soft and that's not a program that exists outside in Korea. But then he came up to me and said, uh, actually, we can't modify that sentence to the way that you asked for it because um, the article that we have to write, we have to write certain things, like certain grammar points inside that for it to be a passable sentence. And this is the thing that annoys me. It's like they expect certain uh, grammatical features in the passage to try and prove that you can use it and whatever. I was like, okay, whatever. And then he showed me the example that was used in the book. And let me tell you the way that my eyebrow raised. Um, it was some sort of like participle sentence that they were giving me. So, uh, some of the examples were like, okay, uh, but here's the example. So they gave like time. So how to correct this sentence in this form? I said, when I took pictures of Andy, I found something special about him. To be honest, that sentence doesn't really make sense anyway. But they thought, let's correct it this way. Taking pictures of Andy, I found something special about him. No. Okay. Example number two. Here's the original sentence. If you take the subway, you will arrive there in time. Absolutely correct, right? Makes sense. Here's the use that they feel like could work using this grammar point. Taking the subway, you will arrive there in time. Not taking the subway, you won't arrive there in time. Like, these sentences don't make sense. Like, I was looking at my... my my fellow native English teachers, and we were like, what the hell is this? And I I looked to him, and I said to my, to my boss, the examples in the book don't grammatically make sense. Like, people do not use these kind of sentence structures when speaking in English. And he was like, he rolled his eyes and was like, yeah, I know, but this is the creed education system. This is how it's set up. We have to do it like this. There's no choice about it. I'm sitting here like rubbing my temples going, oh my goodness. And this is why so many kids struggle with their, with their grammar and their understanding. So then I corrected it and it was the sentence that I told you before, actually. It was, um, being that the air can, uh, pollution issue is getting worse, they can make our lives more present. They being trees, but I don't need to go into that detail too much. They want to utilize the ing, um, but for the most part, you use being, you use having. You don't really use like other forms. Uh, well, not much, and it is correct, but it just doesn't really flow that well in in speaking. Maybe writing, but not talking it, it just frustrated me basically and then we start having this conversation about the amount of times that we've encountered 
uh, certain Eng- uh, in- points in English because the kids have learned in a particular way. Like I've had students trying to correct me about the use of the and the, and it's like our oh, teacher is not the, it's the, it's not the, it's the, and I'm like, who's the native speaker here? All right, it's my language. I know what I'm saying. There is no like certain things. You'd be like the park. I'm gonna go to. Yeah, you wouldn't go. I'm gonna go to the park, but. It depends, but then certain students would be like, but you can't use it that way. You can. Like The one thing that I always remind my students is that English is a language without rules. They say that there are rules, but there are no rules. That's why it's one of the hardest languages for non-native speakers to learn. If it's something that you are born with, like you're born in that country, then great. You are surrounded by that language all the time. You understand it. You get it. It makes sense. For fluent speakers, it takes them a long, long time to get fluent. And for the most part, that fluency needed to have started like from a very young age to be able to pick up on the colloquialisms and all of that. If you're learning English as from an from an adult age, forget about it. Like unless you are con- consistently speaking a language, you have been thrown in and have been surrounded 24-7 in English and you have no choice and no option but to pick it up, you're not going to get it in the way that a fluent speaker or a native speaker is going to get it. It's completely and utterly difficult. Like, Korean is hard. Korean is one of the hardest languages to learn. That's a fact. It's one of the hardest languages to learn in the world. But at least Korean has rules. It has a lot of rules, and that's why it's difficult, but it has rules that make sense that do not change. English, the rules are all out the window. It's just all ridiculousness and stupidity, and that's why it's difficult. So when you try to impose rules that occur in other languages into a language where these rules do not occur or are not natural, then you start having problems. And I wish, 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 wish I could pull some of my students away from this kind of rigid English learning and just throw them into situations where they learn language in a natural environment. One of my best students, bless him, he's now, um, he would be in his first year of high school now fantastic speaker why because he played video games online with other english speakers so actually he didn't test that fantastically he was not strong as testing but his speaking ability like if he went to the us or the uk he would be totally fine he would blend in straight away like certain things you get his pronunciation would be slightly off but totally fine like he understood the basics of speaking in english but testing wise, he would flop because he was not able to understand the rules. It's actually like my youngest, my youngest speakers and my lowest level speakers are the ones who do the best when it comes to like conversation because because they don't understand the rules and are not marred by stupid rules. They just say whatever they want to say. If it's really bad, then I will correct. But for the most part, I'm a native speaker. I understand what they're trying to say. So I just repeat it back to them in the correct way. And they go, yeah, 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 that, 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 that. 
and then they repeat back sometimes if they do. And we get it. We understand it. We, we engage in conversation. It's absolutely wonderful. It's lovely. It's the higher level ones, the ones who are really, really smart, who don't speak as much because they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing, completely different to what they have learned. And English is not about that. And it's so frustrating to see that these kids, they get really good test scores. Like they get a 98, 97. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast where they focus so much in testing. And it's like they get a low a low score, I say in quotation marks, of like 94% out of 100. And they feel like they flopped because they could have done better. But then for the most part, these kids, I'll say hello to them. And they'll say hello. And then that's it. They're not engaging in conversation. In fact, the only high kids who speak to me, like the high level kids, are the ones who I've been teaching since elementary school. So we've created that rapport. We have gotten that bond. And then the lower level kids who are older, in, in terms of like middle school kids, the lower level ones are the ones who come up to me. They're like, hello, teacher. How are you, teacher? I miss you. Because now they're, they're in their middle school exams as well. It's in the middle school period. And I'm not going to be teaching them for for one month. So I, I'm purposely going around saying hello to my kids, greeting them, asking them how they're doing. So they're just having a consistent uh, use of this language because they're, got, they're sitting there in a room being taught in Korean about these rules in English and are not utilizing them. And for the most part, after about one month, they will come back and forgotten a whole bunch of English because they're not using that language in the way that it should be used. And it's so frustrating. And I know I am part of the, the problem or like I'm part of the system that creates the problem. But I just want to... I don't even know. This is like a rant podcast for the most part. I think my thing is, is just reminding my kids to find a reason for why they're learning the language. Why do you want to learn English? Is it because you have to pass the tests? You have to use English to be able to go to a certain university? Great. Have that as your goal. If you want to do it for entertainment purposes, watch English speaking TV shows, listen to all the music that you can you can and translate it back into Korean so you can fully understand it. Play video games, got join servers, con- uh, converse with people, all of that jazz. Find a purpose with English because it the purpose should not be you using it as a subject to pass tests. It it's a language. Language is a living. You're supposed to use the language. We don't use maths, really. We don't use science sometimes. I use English all the time, but that's because it's my my native language. If you're going to be utilizing English in a business sense, then you should want to know to be able to have conversational English and not conversational like you learn this rule because uh, if you learn this rule, you can do this forget that. If your English is basic, I'm still going to understand it. Be basic. I don't care. Just don't stress over the the small details when these teachers themselves wouldn't even be able to get past saying their name, where they're from, how old they are, and what they do for a living. If I was to ask them what their favorite food is, they would freeze up. So, but anyway, it's just because it's the beginning of the, the nation period now and it's just really frustrating to watch my kids 
get stressed. It's only really been a week and already they're tired and exhausted and miss me and want to come back to have me teaching them. And it's just like fighting kids. Just just keep going because there's nothing else you can do, at least not for the next three weeks. <sighs> anyway, enough about that. I, I hope my kids have the energy and I, hope, uh, I wish them good luck. Just keep going, guys. I'm watching you. I'm supporting you. I'm always going to be here for you. So... Just good luck. But yes, that's the end of this episode. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, I, I hope you feel the frustration that I feel for my kids. Um, if you are a fellow teacher out there, do support your students because they need it. They need that mental support. Maybe they don't need the physical, but they do need the physical, the mental, and just to let them know that you are always there for them. That's what they need and that's what they appreciate. If you'd like to continue this conversation with me, I'm available on social media at Soul Nessie on both my Twitter and my Instagram, and I'm Soul to Soul on YouTube and on Facebook. Check out my previous podcast on various streaming platforms. I'm everywhere right now. Do check them out, subscribe, and all of that. And as always, I will catch you on the flip side. Bye, Soul Fam. I'll see you later. And if you liked that episode of Soul to Soul, why not subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you were using to listen. I'll see you in the next episode. Slaters.